One of the hardest things for moms to wrap their heads around when they are thinking of homeschooling while also working, whether they're working now and want to homeschool or they're homeschooling now and want to work, is how to fit a full homeschool day in when they also have to work. Obviously, every person's situation, work schedule, homeschooling journey, their kids' ages and everything will be different. But I want to share some practical tips and some of my favorite tips for homeschooling with an irregular schedule. Glue. It's messy. It's sticky. It gets everywhere. But it also can be really useful. For us working homeschool moms, when life gets chaotic or overwhelming, we don't need work-life balance because is that even truly possible? We need work-life glue. We need routines, tips, encouragement, and advice from fellow moms who are also living a working and homeschooling lifestyle to help us glue the pieces all together. I'm Sarah, a homeschooling mom to three little girls who is insanely passionate about helping other moms balance work and homeschool and also encouraging moms on the fence that it truly is possible to do both. The Work-Life Glue Podcast is for busy working homeschool moms to have a place to chat about this crazy, beautiful lifestyle. It's also for moms who desire to homeschool but need an income and don't know what to do. I'm here for you. I share my own wisdom and ideas and also interview fellow working homeschool moms because we all have so much to learn from one another. We definitely don't have any time to waste, so come on in, get comfy, and let's get started. Welcome back to the Work-Life Glue Podcast. I'm Sarah, mom of three daughters, homeschooling mom, and also entrepreneur in multiple different ways. I run two Etsy shops. I have my podcast. I have courses. I have digital products I sell. And then I also do before and after school care for kids um, every single day, Monday through Friday during the school year. And then I also do freelance work for a business as well. It is a lot. It is a lot. But I'm so grateful for it because it has allowed me to stay home and homeschool my three daughters. And honestly, I wouldn't trade that for anything. So the hard work is totally worth it. And through this journey, especially, I also ran a business and did a daycare 50 hours a week. I have always balanced motherhood and working with my kids with me. So I've picked up a lot of tips and ideas. And it's just something that I feel like is one of my strengths is to balance a lot at one time and to help teach others how to do the same without getting super burnt out and overwhelmed. So through my own experience and through talking to other moms who also balance working and homeschooling at the same time, and also just refining my own system and my schedule over the years, I've really learned a lot of of tips to help make an unconventional homeschool lifestyle work. Because if you're working in homeschooling, you're not you know, I don't want to say just a stay-at-home mom. You're not solely a stay-at-home mom who can dedicate hours and hours to homeschooling and then homemaking is the rest of your day. You are also throwing in work on top of that and it can be complicated. It can be stressful at times. And so I wanted to share some practical tips that you can use. Obviously, you probably aren't going to use all of these, but maybe take one or two and see how they could apply to your own life and see what that can do for your day. And if you're not homeschooling yet, maybe you're working and you're just thinking about homeschooling or you're a stay-at-home mom, but you're like, we need money and I want to homeschool. Think of how these might help you get there or how it can help you wrap your brain around it or help wrap your husband's brain around it if maybe he's on the fence of how this could all work. Start writing out a schedule. Start kind of thinking about how you could make this work based on these tips. And I think these really can help. So these tips are in no particular order. I just kind of did a brain dump of all the tips I could think of to fit in one podcast episode that would be practical and helpful for somebody 
balancing homeschooling and working at the same time, keeping in mind that everybody's version of that is going to look a little bit different. So first of all, you could break up your subjects throughout the day or week, meaning you might not do all of your homeschooling at one time. If you are able to do that, you have the time to do that, great, but you may not ever and you may not every day. Maybe one day you can do a lot of homeschooling and one day you can only do a little bit here and there. That is okay. That is the beauty of homeschooling. I'm giving you permission to let go of this idea in your head that you have to do two or three hours all in one shot. You absolutely do not. And actually, it may work better for your family, even if you weren't working, to not do it all in one shot. Maybe your kids need a break. Maybe they want to get outside. Um, It is okay to, to break it up into different pieces. That's the beauty of homeschooling is that you don't just have 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. every day to do it. You can do an hour here. You can do an hour there. You can do 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there. So for example, you could do one hour of family subjects. And I'm going to talk about this later in the episode of why I think family subjects are so important and helpful for especially a a homeschooling and working family. But you could do one hour of family subjects and then maybe you do some work or maybe you spend some time as a family or you get outside. Maybe another hour later in the day, your kids will do their independent subjects, or maybe you'll do one kid's independent subjects, and then later in the day, you'll do the other's independent subjects or something like that. For me, I follow a four-day curriculum that I break up over five days, so I can split one of those four days. So what I mean by that, and I've explained this in other episodes, but just briefly, I do three main full days of homeschooling, which is like two hours. It's not anything crazy. I have a third grader, a kindergartner, and then a preschool age daughter. Um, So I do three normal days where we do most of our homeschooling all in one chunk. But then um, one day a week, I have my kids go to see my parents. And that's when I do things like record this episode that I'm recording right now. And so that morning, we don't have the full amount of time that we normally have, so we only do our family subjects that day. And then on Fridays, we often have co-op or we're going on hikes with friends or we have playdates or we run errands on Fridays. And so on that day, we do the independent work that we didn't do the day they went to my parents. So I split that fourth day in half so that it's among five days. So you can also do that. You can bulk do a lot of their work on one day and do less other days. You could split up their work and do a four-day homeschool week. You could do over seven days. Um, There are lots of opportunities to be creative and make this work for your family. Another thing to ask that can really be helpful is what can my child do on their own? As hard as that can be as a homeschooling mom when you think of, okay, I'm going to be the teacher. I'm in teacher mode right now. It is not just okay. It's actually really good to start passing stuff on to your child because it helps them take ownership of their learning. And one of the main goals many homeschooling families have is to instill a love of learning in their children and also to instill the ability, the skill to learn on their own. And obviously, you're still there. You're a resource. But the more our kids over time can learn on their own, the more set up they are in life to do a lot of learning on their own, which is a very helpful skill because in life, things aren't just spoon-fed to you. You have to figure a lot out on your own. So for example, my oldest is in third grade. She's still pretty young. She still needs help with a lot of things. But here are the things she does totally pretty much on her own. Typing, handwriting, spelling, memorizing her multiplication facts, 
independent reading, piano practice, and then she also does some of her math and language arts on her own. So I teach a lesson to her right now for math and language arts, and then she has independent work she does on her own. So that is a lot of stuff that she can do on her own in third grade. And as she gets older, more and more of that can be passed on to her, which is helpful for me as I have littler ones who will need more work, need more hands-on time with me. Um, But also it's great for her because she's learning to learn on her own. And then she can kind of set up her day how it works for her as she gets older. If she doesn't want to do school right now and wants to do it later and and she doesn't need me, that would be totally fine. So remember, as you're planning out your homeschool day, especially if you have older kids, like later elementary, middle school, high school, they can do a lot of homeschooling on their own. Um, Obviously, you want to be involved. You want to know if they're completing it and if they're understanding it, but you can pass the baton of a lot of the learning off to your child, and that's it's not a bad thing. It can be a really good thing on both ends. Another thing you can ask is, can I outsource this subject? Meaning, can someone else teach this? Can the computer teach this? Can um, a video teach this? How could I outsource this? And the goal is not to outsource every single subject. Of course, you could do online school if that's your choice. Um, But a lot of homeschooling families, you know, don't want to do that for every subject, and that's okay. But if there's certain subjects that are taking a lot of time, that are taking a lot of energy, maybe your child gets frustrated with you teaching or something like that, you could consider outsourcing. So I'm just going to run through a little list of some of my ideas for this. I I don't typically outsource a lot right now, but I am thinking about it as time goes on. But for math, there are a lot of online um, curriculums you can use that you really don't have to do much at all. So there's Beast Academy that I've heard of teaching textbooks. Um, I'm sure there's more. Those are like the two main ones that I'm aware of that I've heard a lot about that are online um, math programs that basically the kid gets on the computer, the tablet, and they do their work, and you're not really that involved. So if math is really stressful or hard for your family or taking a lot of time, you could consider outsourcing that to a program like that. With language arts, um, that one's a little trickier because you know you want to hear that your kids are reading. Um, especially when they're little, like they're saying the words right and stuff like that. But you could supplement, um, maybe do a little less with them and and then outsource the other part. There are lots of apps like Teach Your Monster to Read and Reading Eggs, um, Khan Academy. You could have them, you know, for their literature portion instead of reading aloud to them, or maybe you only read aloud a couple times a week, and then the rest they can do audiobooks. This is huge for us, and I'm going to talk about that in a little bit also in more detail. But audiobooks, um, especially if you're a Charlotte Mason homeschool mom where you're trying to fit in a lot of the learning through living books, you could save a lot of time just by incorporating audiobooks so you're not the only one reading, especially if you have multiple kids, this can really help. And then for things like writing, there's IEW, which I'm looking into as a writing program. I'm sure there's others like it where they watch a video and then they also still, you know, will do writing assignments and stuff like that. But the majority of the teaching comes through a video and not through the mom. So that can free up some time as well. You may find with homeschooling, you really love teaching like the main core subjects, but maybe you want to outsource some of the more fun electives or, you know, the not quite as, I don't want to say not as important, but 
I mean, math and reading are like the things that a lot of the other subjects are built upon. So for things like art or science or history, obviously still very important, but maybe you could outsource parts of those or all of it in some way. So using a website like OutSchool, which I've never used, but I've heard good things about that has lots of different subjects, not just art, but that might be one resource. There's lots of homeschooling moms who have art curriculum. Um, You can find tons of things to supplement art or to teach it pretty much, you know, all the way through so you don't have to teach it. There are lots of just online blogs and videos on YouTube and stuff that can also teach art. For science, maybe you uh, sign up for a subscription box that basically has everything you need for the science and your kid can kind of just do it on their own or you could do it on the weekends as a family or something like that. And then lots of co-ops, depending on what kind of co-op you join, if you want to join a co-op, have things like science experiments or art projects or um, electives and things like that where they're learning things and If it's every week or every other week, maybe that's enough, especially for the elementary ages, to fulfill, you know, what you want them to learn or what the state requires them to learn for that subject for the year. So maybe think about that, too. Maybe you don't need to do it every single day or every week. Maybe you could do it every other week and kind of outsource that. And then with things like history, so much of history, I have found this to be so true. And I wish I had a Charlotte Mason education because history never made much sense to me learning it through textbooks. I just was like, I can't picture this. I don't understand wars. I don't understand what's happening. And then, you know, I watched Hamilton recently. I got into the whole Hamilton craze, but that made a whole lot more sense once it's more humanized and you see it play out in front of you. And the same is true. I taught American history. Now this is my third year. We've been doing American history for three years and just learning it through living books makes so much more sense. I have learned so much about American history that I never retained through all of my education and I got A's in school. So obviously I could ace the test, but I couldn't tell you much because living books are such a good way to learn history because history is not just facts. It's real events, real people experienced. And when you can learn those through books, it makes it so much more real. So if you find audiobooks of history, that can be enough, especially for the younger ages to learn history and maybe you want to add in like some narration or um, drawing what they heard or a book report here or there or whatever. But that can be a really great way to learn history. Also videos. History can be a lot easier to understand when you see it played out in front of you. So that can be a way to outsource it, maybe not fully, but partially so that, you know, once a week they're watching a video instead of having a history lesson. And then you can get some work done or you're schooling your other kids during that time when one of the older kids is watching a video or something like that. So really ask yourself, how could you outsource some of the subjects that um, you are teaching your kids currently? Obviously, a huge part of learning is reading, whether you're a Charlotte Mason mom or not, whether you're reading to your kids or they're reading. Reading is so important to any education, and it also can be very time-consuming, and you can't really multitask. You can't really be teaching one child and reading to another at the same time. And so a great way to be able to fit in more work or to fit your homeschool into less time that you're like actively teaching is to fit in reading in many different ways throughout the day. I do this even though we do have a dedicated two-hour homeschool time. I still implement this. I was an English teacher. I love reading. I want my kids to be surrounded with books 
throughout the whole day in different forms. I just think it's so important and something that's just it's one of those things that is really easy to kind of outsource. Um, I think it is important to read to your kids, but let me just share some of my tips for this because some of them you will be reading and some of them audiobooks will kind of take over, but it just kind of opens your eyes to all the different ways you could fit this in, in an unconventional or irregular schedule kind of way. So you could read or listen to audiobooks during mealtimes. We often, um, it's not reading necessarily, but we often listen to either the Yodo Daily podcast with our Yodo speaker. And I'll leave a link to what I'm talking about in the show notes if you guys don't know what I'm talking about. But we listen to that often during breakfast, or we will listen to the Real Cool History for Kids podcast on our Yodo speaker. You could listen on a um, Echo or something like that, just a speaker. Also, um, or you could listen to a book during breakfast, or you could read it yourself. But I just know for mealtimes, like I want to eat too. So if you eat at different times than your kids, then yeah, you could definitely read to them during mealtimes, breakfast, lunch, supper, snack. Um, those are all great times. I We basically read for two of our four meals. So I, or I guess three of our four meals, if you count podcasts as reading. So we listen during breakfast, then we are listening to a an audiobook during lunch right now we're doing Ella Enchanted and then we'll just kind of cycle through and that's just like a for fun read aloud we're not really doing anything with it but it's just good to kind of listen as a family and discuss here and there and then I read some picture books during snack usually and then supper we don't do a lot sometimes we will do a devotional um during some phases of our parenting journey right now. We're just trying to get our three-year-old to stay at the table. So that requires a lot of energy. But if you have kids who stay at the table currently, you could add like a devotional or read the Bible during that time or um, read a little snippet of something and discuss as a family or something like that to incorporate reading and learning during your mealtimes. Another great time, especially with younger kids, is bath time. Obviously, like with your homeschooling older kids, I mean, later elementary and older probably aren't you not bathing them anymore but um, a homeschool lifestyle is also teaching your little ones and so you can fit um, picture books and stuff in during bath times audiobooks are great for in the car if you are traveling a lot with your kids if you're commuting and doing different things and going to different activities um, we love our yodo player because for many reasons but i also love that i have it on my phone, the app has all of our cards. We can also access podcasts and different things. Make your own cards and um, the Yodo space where you can get free uh, content. And a lot of people put the LibriVox and different um, public domain books on there as well, which are often classical literature. So we listen through that in our car a lot, or you can do Audible or any LibriVox itself, you could just listen to in the car for free. Those are all books in the public domain. So you could listen in the car as a family, or obviously if you have a CD player in your car, which is kind of outdated, I guess, at this point, you could listen to audiobooks that you got from the library, or if you have curriculum that come with different audio um, CDs, you could listen to those in the car as well. You could have your kids listen to audiobooks during quiet time. If you have a quiet time, we do. We have a dedicated quiet time every day. And I actually walk through my whole day in very great detail of how I set up my whole homeschool day. And I will link to that episode in the show notes if you guys are interested. But um, my kids often listen to their Yodo players during quiet time. So they're listening to books then. Um, you could have a child listen to an audiobook while you like maybe they you're outsourcing one of the subjects 
through audiobooks or if you're doing like um, Ambleside Online where you're mainly reading books or following a Charlotte Mason homeschool philosophy, you'll have them read a lot of books. And so you could be having one child listen to an audiobook while you do like math or whatever with another child. So you're kind of overlapping your time, which can be helpful. My kids listen to their Yodo players at night at bedtime and early in the morning if they wake up before it's time to get up. Um, We read picture books before nap time. That's a great way. I often get like biographies and different um, really great books or sometimes our curriculum has picture books interwoven to help teach history. So we will read those before our little one goes down for a nap. And then a great way to learn history and literature um, is through these living books. And then if you want to add something, just have them Write a little journal entry about what they read. Maybe have a narration journal where they write in there. If they're younger, they could draw a picture and you could write about it um, or have them just narrate to you and you write it down. But it's just a great way to take that reading a step further without having to do like a whole curriculum about it or activities about it. You definitely can do that if you want, but um, reading in and of itself is so valuable. And then narrating and having them tell back what they heard you, what they heard in the story is um, super valuable and a very Charlotte Mason principle. Another thing that I will talk about for years to come most likely is family subjects. Last year, a year ago, I was dealing with my dad being in the hospital. He had a horrible accident. Um, He was in the hospital for four months. He was unconscious for a couple of weeks in the ICU. It was very traumatic and it required me to do the bare minimum with everything in life because I was spending 15 to 20 hours with him in the hospital and my mom on top of everything else, the working and the homeschooling and the mothering and all of those things. And so everything else kind of had to be bare minimum. I still kept homeschooling during that time, but a lot of my friends um, were doing Ambleside Online and especially in our co-op is very like Ambleside Online focused. And so I wanted to try that. I had set out to try that for this school year we're currently in. When I was thinking about that school year um, last year, I was planning to do Ambleside Online. And I think Ambleside Online is beautiful and amazing, and I may try it one day. And this is to not knock it at all. But I will say, and you can group kids in that curriculum. However, I like things to be very black and white with certain things, especially an overall curriculum. And I was especially going into it. I didn't want to do it differently than the way it's outlined because I was very confused, quite honestly. And that's probably just a me problem. But I really decided at that time, especially because I didn't know how long my dad would be in the hospital for. We thought it'd be for a full year. Um, So I would, you know, in my mind, where I am right now in January, the next year, I thought we would still be dealing with him in the hospital. And so I realized then I cannot do that. I need my two older girls to be grouped in as much as possible. So they're a third grader and a kindergartner, an older kindergartner. Like my my middle daughter turns six in September. So she would be considered an older kindergartner. And we did do a lot of kindergarten stuff last year. We did a lot of math, but reading has been a little slower. And so She doesn't require a lot of one-on-one subjects, but I really wanted her to start to be more involved and the expectation to be she'll be more engaged and listening and involved in 
literature and poetry and picture study and all of those things that before if she ran off and played, I wouldn't really care. This year, the expectation was she would be involved. And so I really didn't want a curriculum where my kids would be separate for all of those things where they could be grouped. I did Heart of Dakota the last two years, absolutely loved it. Um, very Charlotte Mason, lots of living books, lots of reading, very net, uh, very gentle and beautiful. Um, would definitely recommend it, but I knew it would take too much time to do both of them when I'm still the one reading most of the things to both of them. And so I decided for this school year, and it has worked out magnificently, was to do as much family style subjects as we could. So when you have kids, and my kids are two and a half years apart, but they're, you know, third grade and kindergarten, that's a pretty big gap between them when you think about it that way. But they can still read a lot of the same books. We can still talk about literature in the same way. We can still learn the same history. Science, we can still do a lot. Uh, maybe my kindergartner won't get quite as much out of it as my third grader, and the expectations will be slightly different, but we can still combine them. So the things we're doing the same. Um, we are following the Peaceful Press curriculum. We're doing Playful Pioneers this year because I really wanted to read all of the Little House on the Prairie books. We read Little House in the Big Woods last year, and I wanted to read the whole series with them. So our whole curriculum is based on that. So we're doing history, art, literature, hymns, folk song, art study, practical skills, science, Bible, um, so much of our, basically everything except handwriting, typing, and then like any language arts subjects, spelling, writing, reading, phonics, grammar, um, and math. They will do those separately, but everything else we do together. And that has saved us so much time. The only Really, the only thing extra it takes from last year is doing a little bit more phonics work with my kindergartner than I did last year. So maybe 10, 15 minutes is how much longer our day takes than it took last year now that I'm homeschooling two kids because most of our subjects are together. I would highly recommend this if you're able to. There are lots of curriculums out there that you can do with kids. Even if they're in like middle school, you can add on to the elementary stuff and give them some extra stuff to make it more robust for them. But as much as you can do family style, the better. And plus, I just think it's really beautiful to learn things together. And then you can do things like we plan to do this year where we're going to go visit the different Laura Ingalls Wilder sites um, because we live very close to quite a few of them being in, in Minnesota. So we're very fortunate in that way. But if I was only reading those books to one of my girls, um, it wouldn't be as meaningful. And since we're doing a whole curriculum based on those books, like our history is based on that, our literature, our um, our art, all of that is based on our science. All of it is based on these books. And so um, it's just there's just something really beautiful when you can make connections with the whole family, even outside of your homeschooling day. So I would highly recommend that if you can to fit in some family subjects. Also, um, I kind of touched on this before, but you can use your co-op for certain subjects. Our co-op um, is teaching a biography to the, uh, my middle, our oldest daughter right now. And so that's really wonderful. They're learning narration. They're also doing that at home. But um, even if they weren't, that would be a really good taste of it. Our co-op does um, science with the older kids. So if that's something you only want to do like once a week, every other week, you could do that. Um, your 
co-op could take over art for you or a lot of those electives. Maybe there's things that you wish you could get to in your homeschool or you're really stressed out trying to fit in. Maybe your co-op has some unique things that you wouldn't get to. I know when we did classical conversations, my oldest daughter in first, it would be first grade at that time, got to dissect an owl pellet, which was not something I was really interested in doing at home. They learned a lot of different art techniques and things like that at co-op. So co-ops can be really amazing if you can fit them in with your schedule to outsource some of those subjects or at least supplement or get them exposed to different things that maybe you're not doing at home. Also, you could consider doing some of your subjects weekly. So maybe you're doing some subjects every single day. Could you cut back on that? Could you spread it out over more time? Maybe it's a, a subject like I'm thinking of, his, uh, not history, but science. Next year, I'm thinking of doing the Good and the Beautiful Science. Um, they have different science units that you can buy, and they are just like 12 or 14 lessons usually. And so that you could fit a couple in in a year, but or you could take that and just do it one for the whole year and maybe also add in some books from the library here or there to supplement or some videos or kind of stack some of these different tips on top of each other. Um, maybe you could cut down on a subject that you're doing a lot to save time and just kind of stretch it out and Make it last longer. Let your kids have more time to kind of digest what they're learning about. Things like science, art, history, etc. are all really good for this, especially the younger ages. You can spread them out a little bit and maybe just bulk up on having them read a or listen to an audio book about, let's say you're learning the human body. Maybe you have find a book, like a chapter book in audiobook format about the human body. I know the Yodo cards have a lot of the um, a lot of cards dedicated to science topics. So you could have them listen to that or maybe watch a video or something on the off days. So you're still learning throughout that time, but maybe you're not doing the curriculum exactly how you saw to do it. And you can kind of outsource some of it and stretch it out over more time or do it over fewer days. Also, you can utilize your spouse. I know for me, I don't do this a whole lot because my husband works a ton and isn't home a lot. And when he is home, it's like the end of the day and my kids aren't in their best element and neither are we. But it is something that you can do. And I have friends who whose spouses work kind of a different schedule than the typical or are off more days than typical and work longer hours on the days they do work. And so they're home more and they can take over some parts of the teaching. Either you break it up and you only teach certain subjects and they only teach certain subjects. Or maybe you're like, okay, school hours are going to be these hours. And when I'm home, I'm teaching. And when my husband's home, he's teaching. Or you can break it up and maybe every day will be a little bit differently, different. Um, but if that works for you, that's great. But you don't have to take on the entire role of homeschooling. You could also say, you know, on the weekends, you're going to read this book or you're going to do a science experiment or you're going to cook with them or whatever it may be um, to kind of give some of the the load of homeschooling to your spouse if they're willing and, it, you know, it works out for you guys. It could be a great way to take some of that responsibility off of you while you're trying to work and homeschool and put it on your spouse because that's also important to learn from both parents. 
And then also you can utilize your off time. So the weekends, the evenings, the afternoons when little ones are napping, if that's your life currently, um, you could school year round so that you're able to take more breaks or able to cut back on how much you're schooling every week. Maybe you're only going to school two or three days a week and maybe do a little bit extra. If you're doing two days a week, you'd probably have to do a little bit extra on those two days. Um, But you could do that and then school year round and make it work. You know, there's no one way to homeschool. There's no guidebook on how it has to be done. And that's kind of the beauty of it. You can make it work for your family. I'm sure I will have more episodes like this just throwing tips at you because I think it can be really helpful in a way to look at your situation from a new perspective. Even just talking about this, I'm like, oh yeah, I could try that. I haven't thought about doing that. Um, And it could just be a way to think about things in a different way than just like, okay, how do I make this work? I don't know. I'm out of ideas. I might have said something that spurred a totally different idea in your mind than what I was even talking about, but it can be just a great way to think outside the box about your situation um, or think outside the box of a situation that you maybe want to have. Maybe you want to homeschool and work. You just aren't sure how it would all work. I hope this episode gave you some permission to look at it a little bit differently because especially when people haven't homeschooled before, it's very easy to think it has to be done a certain way, especially when you're looking online for resources and you see other people's schedules and you keep seeing like they homeschool these hours every day and you're like, I don't have that many hours in a row. That's okay. You can do things differently. So many moms who homeschool and work have to do things a little unconventional and that's okay. And If you're able to do something that you feel called to do, that you feel is very important for your family for various different reasons, there's so many different reasons why people homeschool. If you're able to make it work, um, it's okay to do it differently than everyone else. It's beautiful. That's the beauty of it. I've said that multiple times in this episode, but that's the beauty of homeschooling is that it's not traditional school, that you get to make the rules. You get to figure out what works for your family. And If you're able to make money and support this lifestyle at the same time, it can truly be so rewarding and so worth it for your family and for your kids. So I just want to encourage you that you can do it. I promise it will be a little tricky at times. It will be a little complicated. It will be, you know, frustrating sometimes. I'm going to be quite honest. You may feel feelings of like, why can't I just homeschool and do nothing else? That's okay. Like, that's a valid feeling. But it can also be so incredibly beautiful. And the reason why I even made this podcast is because I have seen personally the benefit of being there with my kids, seeing those aha moments, having a deeper relationship with them that um, we really developed by, you know, being together a lot and having to work through hard times and being the teacher and the mom, which can be complicated, but it's a beautiful thing when you figure that out together. Um, and I I just feel so blessed to be able to do both because I couldn't homeschool if I didn't make money and I couldn't, you know, I, I don't think I'd want to make money if I couldn't be home with my kids, if that makes sense. I, I want to do both. And so I'm just very thankful that I get to do both and I want to help encourage other moms that it is possible. And many, many of us are doing it. Hundreds of thousands of us are two-parent working families or single-parent working families also homeschooling. So if we can do it, you can do it too. It's just going to take 
take some effort and some, you know, unique perspectives at times and being creative, but it's definitely possible. And oftentimes the things worth doing are worth a little sacrifice, worth a little bit extra effort. So I hope this helped. I will see you next time. Happy homeschooling. Thank you for stopping by my little cozy home here on the internet. I pray this podcast episode blessed your life and helped encourage you. I would appreciate so much if you would leave a rating and review and why not share this episode with a friend while you're at it. Make sure to follow me on Instagram as well at worklifeglue for tons more inspiration and encouragement for fellow working homeschool moms. And don't forget to add a little fun into your day. Happy homeschooling. I'll see you next time.